1: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins, and today is the day. It's Monday, March 14th, 2022, which means the legal tampering period for the NFL season opens today. And before it does, I wanted to make sure I got on the record with where, as things currently stand, how my offseason would look in my effort to get the Dolphins over the hill and back into the postseason hunt. Let's get after it.
2: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans?
1: I'm pumped. Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and it's off-season mode. It's off-season mode. Let's go. No more sitting around thinking about what happened last year and all. Oh, if we had just beat Jacksonville and got two yards in the final two minutes at the 50 yard line, or if the refs flew through the flag in the end zone on the PI against Will Fuller in overtime, that would have put the dolphins on the two yard line, a chance to win the football game, or if Tua Tungvaloa hadn't gotten hurt or uh, what other game got away from it that absolutely gave away, you know, This is a chance for us to start new here on Locked on Dolphins, which is uh, your daily Dolphins podcast. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. I'm the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and I'm a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And um, first of all, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Draft room vibes here Uh, In my household, we are making a shift over into uh, some big board branded content, which means you guys are going to get a chance to see, uh, at least from afar, what my personal rankings look like this year for the 2022 NFL Draft. Very excited to bring you more of that content, but not today. Well, somewhat today. Today is dedicated to legal tampering period starts at lunchtime. Okay, great. Let's find out. Maybe we get to turn Armstead by one o'clock. That'd be stellar because I guarantee you there's probably something in place with some of the major free agents to hit. And if the Dolphins are going to be as hot and heavy of players in free agency as they are reported to be, you would think we're going to get some action today. And I am ready to celebrate being offseason champions. I do not care if you don't win games in March. You can make your roster more talented in March. And that's what we're on the cusp of doing, and that's why I'm really excited about what opportunities are going to lie ahead this week for the Dolphins. I say all that to say this. Uh, If you're listening to today's episode with an expectation of this is how it's actually going to happen, please recalibrate your expectations. I'm trying to apply logic that we know based on what the Dolphins want to do defensively, what the Dolphins want to do offensively, when it appears as though their ideology looks like it is going to be on both sides of the ball. For example, I'm operating in the assumption that Emmanuel Agba is not going to be back because that's the impression that they have given. I'm operating in the assumption that there's no firm competition that's going to be added for Tua Tungvalu in the quarterback room. Because that's the impression that has been given. Whether or not me at my core, I would probably add legitimate competition for Tua Tangaveloa, and I would for sure be re signing Emmanuel Agba. And heck, if we're going to throw it in here, I'd be entertaining a trade for Mike Koseki on the franchise tag as well, just to see what's out there. You know, I know the, the tight end market has dried up a little bit, and that certainly hurts that ideology. None of those three things happen in this offseason because I'm putting myself in the shoes of the team at this point in time based on what we know and trying to project forward as best as I can a mock offseat. They set the rules. I play the game. And we see how it goes. And um, this was a really fun exercise. Uh, It is currently 5.17 a.m. on Monday the 14th. Uh, and I was up until about 1 o'clock doing the prep work for this. Uh, so this was a pretty lengthy, I mean, there's contract terms, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I have a 53-man roster at the end of the road that we can get into as well. Uh, so we got a lot to get into. Uh, but you know, let's have some fun today before the Dolphins actually start enter- undergoing this process a little later in the week. Um, heck. It's probably going to start, depending on when you listen, six hours or sooner uh, from when you actually listen to today's show. So entering into this mock offseason that I have conducted, the Dolphins are projected to own $48 and change in salary cap space. It's important to recognize that the current projected cost of their draft selections is about $3.3 million in cap space, according to OverTheCap.com. So I earmarked that money and made sure, Hey, your whole draft class it's going to be accounted for. Uh, everybody wants to get in on the roster cuts. And this is an important layer here to trim some fat for the dolphins and, and reclaim some money. Right? So when I did that, I made sure to make the effort to part ways with offensive tackle Jesse Davis, wide receiver Alan Hearns, safety Clayton Fezdalum, and tight end Ethan Carter. I did not bring the hammer down on one Eric Rowe, who I know a lot of Dolphins fans, or projecting in this big clump of Dolphins can create $21 million in cap space by doing ABC X Y. Eric Rowe could still play. Now he's going to play a lesser role. And there's probably a conversation to be had about what he's getting paid versus what his value to the team is going to be. But I left him on uh, and actually really like how the safety room ended up coming out for me. So those four players, Ethan Carter, Clayton Faislam, Alan Hearns, and Jesse Davis, saved me an additional $11.485, so $11.5 million against the cap. So you can tack that back on top of the $48 million in projected cap space. My first uh, move as far as this mock offseason was to take care of some outgoing free agents in-house. Those players, Matt Collins, I got him for $2.5 on the books this season. That's a strong value for a guy who's going to be a depth receiver and a special teams player. I got Duke Johnson on the books for $2 million this year. I have Duke Riley, linebacker, for $1.5. That's slightly more than what he played for this past year on a one-year deal. And Sam McGuavin, I thought about putting a restricted free agent tender on Sam McGuavin. Um, I'm not sure if that actually had a deadline that passed or not, but the cost associated with that was you can re-sign Sam McGuavin for less. I, I have him down for $1.2 million this year. Uh, the other big hurdle, Xavier Howard. I gave a $5 million pay rates on top of everything else. He currently has probably a very um, oversimplified way to do it, but I wanted to make sure my cap space uh, was accounting for Xavier Howard needing a new contract. So all of that combined, the retention of several outgoing free agents, Restructuring Xavier Howard's contract, cutting several players, and the rookie draft pool has me entering into free agency after bringing these players back with $44.5 million in cap space. Not bad. Not bad at all. My first big move is to do something that we have. Heard for the last several days, the dolphins are actually barking up the tree of actually doing. And it's not buying a box of Built Bar, but that's something if you've been considering barking up that tree, I'd highly recommend. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. These things are absolutely, positively delicious. And they're a top, of the first round choice as a protein bar. Highly recommend to visit Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order, the world's most delicious
2: protein bar. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I digress. Sorry. Got to champion my friends over at Bill. Lyle Collins, offensive tackle, Dallas Cowboys. This needs to get done. If this is a thing, that the team is barking up the tree of considering doing, it needs to be done already. So I understand you don't want to bid against yourself. I understand there's a possibility he gets cut. He doesn't need to get cut. He needs to get sent right to South Florida. So I sent one of the fourth round selections that the Dolphins have between the Pittsburgh one and the Dolphins one uh, to Dallas. For Lyle Collins, and that's the value that I settled on because when you when you reflect on what Amari Cooper got dealt for, which was a five and a pick swap of sixes or something like that, uh, these cap dump situations, the team doesn't have a lot of leverage who's trying to get rid of the player, uh, but I wanted to provide better value than the Amari Cooper trade because Lyle Collins. A, plays a more important position, and B, is getting paid only twice as much money for any team who takes on the contract. It's three years, $30 million, 10 years in pay over each of the next three seasons flat rate. The contract that you paid Eric Flowers in free agency, that's what you get Lyle Collins for with zero guaranteed money. Duh. It's a no-brainer. So, I'm operating under the assumption that a fourth gets it done. If I need to send a 101, I would probably do that too. Lyle Collins is a better football player. I know the financials are skewed, but Lyle Collins is a better football player than anybody that you are going to get at 101 in this year's draft. At least for the Dolphins for the next two years. It needs to get done. So Lyle Collins, boom. I, I pulled the trigger on that in my offseason. As I mentioned, I um, am operating under the assumption that Emmanuel Ogba is not going to be back with the football team uh, because that has been teased. I don't know if that is Rosenhaus talking up the market to try to get the Dolphins to get anxious before the open of free agency and get them to panic into a higher offer. Uh, I don't know if the Dolphins and Agba's camp are legitimately that far apart. Uh, But the tea leaves right now seem to indicate that he's going to get better offers from teams who are not the Dolphins. And if financials are a big hurdle for Emmanuel, then we're going to operate under the assumption, at least at this point in time, that he's not going to be back. We'll see if that materializes or not. So what that prompted me to do is I did take the free agency, and I I signed two players. I think can fill the role uh, in large part with the hand in the dirt. And I got two players for probably half the financials of what we are offering Emanuel, not what Emanuel wants. I've heard $18, $19 million thrown around for Emmanuel Agba. And if that is indeed the market, happy trails. Like, really appreciate it. I'd be offering Emmanuel clo- as close to 15 as possible but I got these two guys on the books for projecting and I might be off. It might be off by a couple million dollars. So I'm not going to hammer too much the the cap room, Uh, but six and a half million dollars. I got two players based on their previous salaries on the previous teams. They were Solomon Thomas, former top five pick Stanford Cardinal. I believe most recently was on the Las Vegas Raiders, previously San Francisco 49ers Uh, Solomon Thomas, and Demarcus Walker from the Denver Broncos. Those two players are players who have the same kind of B gap, C gap flexibility. And um, I think the presence of those two guys, along with Wilkins and Zach Sealer and Raquan Davis and Adam Butler and Patsy situations and Andrew Van Ginkle is a stand up rusher, and Jalen Phillips obviously is the guy who's going to be on the other side of the line of scrimmage. It gave me enough depth and versatility that I felt like, okay, if this is going to continue to be a team that schemes their pressures and schemes runs at the quarterback and manipulates protections, which is what this team did really well for the last two years, then. I'm okay with that group, and if I find a value in the draft, and I did do a seven-round mock draft at the end of this road that we're on right now, then great. Then we'll, we'll go get an upgrade, a clear and obvious upgrade. But I just needed to feel as though there wasn't this egregious hole in the roster that Emmanuel Agbo was going to be leaving behind. I feel like I accomplished that with Solomon Thomas and Demarcus Walker. We're going to do the offense last, which means I have one more position to talk about on the defensive side of the ball, and it is the linebacker position. I did get an upgrade over Elan and Roberts. I did not get the best player that I wanted to get, though. I wanted to get A.J. Johnson from the Denver Broncos. Dude is, when healthy, and he was not healthy last year, he's very good. But he's going to be very expensive. And I think the depth of the linebackers in this year's draft class helped to give me a little bit of peace of mind to go with a player who I know can play inside. I know can be a Mike linebacker. I know doesn't have great range. Some of the same limitations that uh, Elana Roberts brings to the table, but I think a better version of a player that Elana Roberts has been for the Dolphins in Anthony Walker, who last year played, in Cleveland, and before that, was with the Indianapolis Colts as the other guy inside with Darius Leonard. Walker's probably a guy three, four million dollars. Uh, I would expect uh, if he ends up getting crazy money over top of that, then shame on me for my projection, and you guys can point and laugh. Uh, but I put him down for three and a quarter million dollars to, to bring in as a free agent, and that's a per year average. Um, you can manipulate the cap in the early portions of the year. And to get all the players under contract that I have projected, they're going to have to get a little funny with backloading the contracts a little bit more than they've been used to in the, the past couple of years. But as we've said over the last two weeks here on lockdown dolphins, you're at that point now where if you're Chris Greer, you got to start winning, like winning, winning. So future cap flexibility is great. But so is winning football games. And to be in the position where they have as much flexibility as they are, where they can start to get funny and creative with the cap, to manipulate a little bit more, to accommodate being a little bit more aggressive with adding player personnel, I think is a necessary note for us. As we shift to the offensive side of the ball, I've signed two additional offensive linemen to go with Lyle Collins, who I've tra- already traded for uh, with the fourth early fourth-round pick. Sign a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Fun, right? Uh, let's do the small stuff first. Let's start with the backup quarterback position. The team told us that they were interested in pursuing a veteran quarterback. It just so happens, there's a veteran quarterback on the roster who has spent several years in San Francisco and was productive in San Francisco's. Offense that Mike McDaniel is hoping to implement a lot of here in Miami. Talk about Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, you get him for a couple million dollars. You can get him on a short term deal. You can get him on a two, three year deal. Uh, He's going to be thrilled to have a multi million dollar contract in the NFL based on his path and his road. And um, I think this is a player who his playing experience in the system and his ability to show that over two separate seasons, he's played in eight plus games and was productive. um, This is probably the right kind of backup quarterback in the sense that he's experienced in the system. He's been productive in the system. Nobody's going to look at Nick Mullins and be like, that dude should start. Nobody's going to do that. Right. So that's why I think he's kind of the perfect kind of hand selected player Uh, to come in and serve as the backup here. Uh, I'm tapping into the San Francisco well again with Raheem Mostert. Uh, I got him on a a short-term deal, two-year, $4 million total deal, so it's a $2 million cap hit for the Dolphins. He's healthy. Great. If he's not healthy, it's not going to kill you because I'm not done at the running back position. Don't worry. So a couple of former San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to stay in the division for the wide receiver but I'm going to bring this guy back home. Braxton Berrios, wide receiver, kick returner, uh, very, very slick, fun little player. And he's probably going to get $5, 6000000 million per year uh, on a deal. Uh, one thing that I do, do think we need to acknowledge is there's going to be a lot of rapid acceleration in the salary cap. So you're going to hear over the next week a lot of names with dollar amounts attached next to them that feels unnatural. And it is unnatural because it's based off past market, but the pay that they are getting is projected based off percentage of future cap. So this salary cap situation, first of all, went from 179 million to 208 million in one off season. It's going to continue to grow at a rapid pace. Couple of years from now, it's going to be 250 million. So, you hear Braxton Berries, you hear six million dollars. You might say, "Man, that's a little rich, right?" Yes, it is, based on previous standards, but not based on projecting forward. And because of that, uh, I'm comfortable with that dollar amount for Braxton Berries as another quick separation guy, guy who can work in the slot, guy who can take receiving off of Javon Holland or receiving kicks off of Javon Holland and Jalen Waddles um to-do list on any given week and that value all adds up to a player that I'm glad I could add which brings us to the offensive line it hurt to do a little bit but i said whatever it takes to run armstead get it done um His appeal as a player in this system is obvious. And if you're going to give a guy a market reset contract, that's probably $20, $22 million per season on average. Go big or go home fixing this offensive line. If I told you that your offensive tackles were Teron Armstead and Lyle Collins after what we've had the last two years playing offensive tackle, would you be mad? Honestly, would you be upset? Forget about the dollar amount, right? Because Lyle's ten million per, and let's call Tehran twenty-two. So for an average of sixteen million per season for the next three years, you can have those two guys as your, your starting offensive tackles. Done. Let's do it. But I wasn't done there. And I mentioned with Teron Armstead, or I mentioned earlier, but with Teron Armstead, that $22 million, that's not a $22 million cap hit. Because you can give them the signing bonus. You give them a $50 million signing bonus. You give them a five-year deal. That's $10 million prorated out. You can give them a reduced salary for 2022, and it could be a $14, $15 million cap hit this year. Now, you're going to pay for it down the road, but that's the game we play. So Teron Armstead coming on the books and getting $22 million per does not mean, oh man, the Dolphins have to absorb a $22 million cap hit. And I can promise you all of the signings that I've done, I have the spreadsheet out in front of me. You are cap compliant at the end of this road. Which I make the point to say, because I also signed Lakin Tomlinson. Three new starters on the offensive line. Done. Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. So, in summary, let's start with the offensive line and then we'll go over every single player that we added and then we'll do the draft. Toronto Armstead left tackle. Lakin Tomlinson left guard. Presumably Michael Dieter at center. Robert Hunt presumably at right guard. Lyle Collins at right tackle. If I asked you, you could take whatever the reality is that, that you get. Or you could take that scenario just for the offensive line right now. I would love to hear from you today if you're not signing on the dotted line to say, give me that iteration of an offensive line right now. Because Ryan Jensen's off the board. TDN's Carmen Vitali reported last night, Ryan Jensen getting three years, $39 million to stay in Tampa Bay. Because, oh, by the way, Tom freaking Brady's back in the, with the box. Because, of course, he is i would take that into the line if you guarantee me that i would take it right now because you added three veteran players too it's not just oh you you upgraded no you upgraded with players who you know exactly what you're gonna get and that's important for this team also important to know that college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds contests and player props bet online is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info bet online remains the best spot for your sports scores podcasts and news this season but it's not just basketball bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts
0: Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: So, in summary, I've traded a fourth-round pick for Lyle Collins. I have brought back Matt Collins, Duke Johnson, Duke Riley, Sam McGuavin. I have restructured Xavier Howard's contract to give him a $5 million pay raise. In free agency, I have signed Solomon Thomas, Demarcus Walker, Anthony Walker, Anthony Walker Jr., Lakin Tomlinson, Teron Armstead, Raheem Mostert, Nick Mullins, and Braxton Berrios. And then I did a seven-round mock draft over at thedraftnetwork.com. Check it out. And when I came on the board with my first selection, I was very pleased to get a trade offer from the Chicago Bears. I took it. You're going to make me a deal. You're going to make me an offer I can't refuse. I took it. I traded back 10 spots. Chicago, this is important. Remember, they now have two early second round draft choices because they traded Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers. 29 and 101. For 39, 10 spots back. Seventy-one up 30 spots, and a five, 149. Done. Great. Because what that allowed me to do is accomplish the other big thing that I was hoping to do in free agency that I just couldn't find the right opportunity. And in the trade market, I I didn't have a good enough gauge on what the value of some veterans were going to be. And that's add more to the wide receiver. Would have loved to have added Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf, you know, it's two very different kinds of players, but both apparently available. Really hard to get a gauge on what those guys are worth on the trademark. I would trade, I could tell you I would trade 50 for either one of them in a heartbeat. And I'm sure you would too. Um, DK Metcalf, I don't know stylistically in his ability to receive vertically down the field. I don't think he would coexist very well with Devontae Parker. So, if you traded a one for DK Metcalf, you know, what do you trade Devontae Parker for? It was just like too messy. Like, I can't do this. Not tonight. I've been up for two hours working on this thing, but keep it on your radar because it's something I would certainly entertain. Uh, I drafted Sky Moore out of Western Michigan at 39. And if you're unfamiliar with Sky Moore, uh, there's a realistic chance Sky Moore sneaks into the back end of the first round. Teams like Tampa Bay. Teams like Green Bay. I know Dallas apparently really likes him. Western Michigan blew up the combine, ran a 4-4-1. And he's really good running a lot of the same things you would affiliate uh, this Dolphins offense with. Run after catch, getting off press coverage, dynamic from the slot, vertical speed, built like Jalen Waddell. A little more dense than Jalen Waddell. So, the addition of Skymore was a big one for me because now that gives you a really firm six. Devontae Parker, who I don't love that we're back, but his cap hit this year $6 million. For $6 million, we can live with Devontae Parker's five, six games of bad hamstring issues. Jalen Waddell, Limbo and Junior, signed Braxton Burrisome for agency. Skymore is the draft selection with your first draft pick. Aloha, end zone. I like it, Um, and then with fifty, I did it. I did what everybody wants us to do: drafted a running back, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M. Did his deep dive for the DraftNetwork.com yesterday, and this is the guy. If you're going to draft a guy early, this is the guy. His ability to set up blocks, his ability to showcase himself, press the line of scrimmage. Get a linebacker to declare in a gap and then jump cut into an adjacent gap. He's building the passing game. He's engaged in pass pro. Uh, He's not somebody who just kind of goes through the motions. Uh, Isaiah Spiller's the guy. If you want to get a versatile back who can win in all rushing concepts for this offense, I think it's Isaiah Spiller, which makes your running back room Raheem Mostert, Isaiah Spiller. Duke Johnson, Miles Gaskin. Suddenly, a much better room than what we had last year. I like it a lot. Then in the third round, we have 71 instead of 101 because of the trade back from 29. Important to remember. And with this pick, I drafted somebody who I think can serve as your other long term starting linebacker in Georges Quay Walker. This is a very Kenneth Murray from the Chargers who went in the first round type of player. Uh, but the depth of this year's linebacker group, uh, I think, is probably going to result in him being a fringe second round pick. Well, 71 is the seventh pick of the, of the uh, third round. So Quay Walker rotated time with Channing Tyndall and Nicobe Dean on the second level of Georgia's defense, which was just absolutely loaded. I must have watched their games. 14 times now to watch different prospects uh, from this past year and Walker hits like a ton of bricks. He's got good length. Uh, he's rangy and athletic, uh, but he's probably somebody who would experience would benefit from having the experience of a more um, savvy player in the box with him uh, for the early portions of his career. That's why I like Anthony Walker Jr. So you have two physical guys that have been added to this group. You brought back the range of Riley to go with Jerome Baker, and you have the versatility of Sam McWab. And that's your linebacker. I like how that one came out as well. Get into the fourth round. We do have a fourth-round pick, despite trading one for Lyle Collins. That pick became tight end Jelani Woods from Virginia. This dude's like 6'7", 260 pounds, around four six one. 4'6", 1". Went to the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas this year and caught everything in sight. Former quarterback playing the position and uh, very solid as a blocker to go along with a budding receiving skill set that is pretty unique. So I don't know how much of his contributions early on in his career are going to come on the field versus being a develop more of a developmental player. But that's why I did keep Adam Shaheen as well. You know, I did not cut Adam Shaheen when we did cuts at the beginning of this process. I held on to him and added Jelani Woods. So your tight end room is four players deep. It's Mike Gusecki, Hunter Long, Adam Shaheen, and Jelani Woods. In the fifth round, I got two really likable players, uh, depth players. One of them is a developmental starter type player. uh, Sterling Weatherford, the linebacker slash safety from Miami of Ohio. This is a player who uh, is going to serve as my fourth safety. He's going to replace Clayton Fezlum on the roster. I think he can play the the same special teams roles, up back, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was surprised he didn't get a combine invite, but he went down to the senior bowl and looked really good and uh, can play in some sub, can play in the box, which makes your linebacker group, Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, and Sterling Weatherford. So, I'm happy with that group as well. And then Cam Juergens, center from Nebraska. Take everything you thought you knew about Tyler Linderbaum, make it a B version of that player, and I think that's what you've got in Cam Juergens. Two fifth-round picks. We got the second fifth-round pick because of the trade back from 29. And then to finish this thing up, I got Sam Webb from Missouri Western, developmental high-tools corner late in the draft. And I got Michael Woods, a wide receiver from Oklahoma who blocks his ass off uh, as the other late round draft selection as well. Uh, the only thing that I don't have a name for is punter. Give me anybody competent, please. Anybody competent. And I think we went through every position group, aside of corners. Uh, so obviously quarterback is talking about Lowe and Mullins, Mostert Spiller, Duke Johnson and Gaskin and running back. Parker, Waddle, Skymore, Bowden Jr., Berrios, Mac Collins, and Woods at wide receiver. Yoseki, Long, Shaheen, Jelani Woods at tight end. Armstead, Tomlinson, Dieter, Hunt, Collins is projected starting five with Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, and Cam Jurgens also on the roster. Solomon Thomas, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, Demarcus Walker, and I have Deshaun Hall who's on the, the, the roster right now as well as your edge group. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raquan Davis, Adam Butler is your defensive, interior defensive lineman, Jerome Baker, Quay Walker, Anthony Walker Jr., Duke Riley, Sam McGovin at linebacker, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Noeg Benogany, Trill Williams, Elijah Campbell, and Sam Webb at corner. Depth is something to maybe look for a, a late add closer to the starter training camp. Uh, and then Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, Sterling, Weatherford at safety, Jason Sanders, Blake Ferguson anybody at punter that is the exercise i hope you guys enjoyed this was a lot of fun let me know what you think of the group that i was able to slap together wanted to be on the record we'll do another uh, another draft formal draft after we get through the first wave or two of free agency so let's see what the team does this is kind of how based on my expectations based on what the team has told us based on what the team wants to be able to accomplish that's what i was able to put together. Stay cap-compliant, add through the draft, get impact starters and free agency they are key experienced NFL players. So This was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys had fun going along the journey with me as well. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins, it's going to be an absolutely crazy week. Plan accordingly. Hit subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast feed. Fins up, let's make it a good one.
2: Hey, Prime members.